sleeve range. From this point, he's looking at a 50-yard field goal. From the shotgun on third down, Theismann again, big rush on him, gets it away. Washington is really clobber. Let's see if it's rolled an incompleted pass or a fumble. It's an incomplete pass. Todd Bell, number 25, the safety came in and lowered the boom on little Joe Washington is being helped to his feet. He took a tremendous shot. They call that a fumble? I hope some officials saw that the way we saw it. They are calling it apparently a fumble. I didn't see it that way. They're giving the football to the Bears on a fumble recovery. Watch it again. Here, you know, you see Joe back in the shotgun. You see people coming after him. Everybody picked up inside. Rick there picks up a guy. Now he moves out there. There's the ball. Ooh, boy, I'll tell you. Was that a vicious hit? I don't know if that was a completed pass or not. Let's see. Let's take another look now. Joe's sliding to his left. He's looking for Joe. Joe moved to the inside. Hartstein, number 73, was out there on him. Now here he comes. It looks like he had the ball long enough to be called a fumble. Definitely. Good call by the officials. Welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise Podcast. It's time to remember this crap with Mike Donahue. And tonight we are going to remember, since it, it feels like we've, we're, well, we're still in the middle of another uh, terrible Bears playoff drought. We're going to go back to a time when they actually broke one. We're going to go back to the 1984 NFC Divisional Playoff game with the Bears at the Washington Redskins. At... RFK. So the way we're going to do this, we think, is there. I'm going to in on the post end of Scipio. There will be this, this. There's a video that will be embedded, and if you want to follow along, if you're that big a loser, just like us, uh, you can play this because we're going <laughs> to we're going to go through the 20 minute video, and we will do it. Unlike Jeff Joniak, we will do it conscious of the fact that you can't see it. We won't just assume. We won't do a lot of. Oh, look at that. Oh, that was great. Oh, what happens next? What a novel concept. So it's a 20 minute cut down of the game um the announcers i guess before we get started we should talk about the announcers the announcers for this game are the the immortal games on cbs this is the number two team on cbs in 1984 it's frank gleber who and dick vermeil ah frank gleber if you don't know who he is there's a reason and I don't eat, and I did not. I was asking you in between. I'm like, I don't know who this guy is. He was actually pretty good, and you knew about him. I, I don't even remember him. So Milwaukee native Frank Gleber w- went to Northwestern, class of '56. Uh, started his uh, sports broadcasting career uh, right after graduation, but then in 1963 he got his big break with CBS. And over the next 20-plus years, he would do NFL football, NBA basketball, NCAA basketball, professional bowling, tennis, the North American Soccer League. He did the Masters. I'm sure he was just like one of the roving reporters on the course, but still. Um, And he did the World Series of Poker. Even before Norman Chad, there was Frank. That was was actually a thing going back that far? I guess. Um. So this game, you're like, well, if he was so, you know, if he was this up-and-coming star, actually had been 21 years at CBS, how come we never heard of him again? Well, this is the last football game he ever did. Uh, The reason is he was doing, um, it was in the middle of the NBA playoffs, 
and he had just done game one of the of the playoffs between the Portland Trailblazers and the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, went home uh, for a few days to Dallas, Texas, and he was supposed to do game four of Portland and L.A., but all of a sudden, Vern Lundquist, who, 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 there's a, we always pull these together, Vern was filling in for Pat last week on the game we did. Yep. He's yep. filling in for Frank Lieber. Now, the reason he was filling in for Pat in 1991 was because Pat was... Um, Drying out. Yeah, he was at Trembling Pines. Uh, Frank was dead. <laughs> kind of hard to broadcast yeah. an NBA game if he, you're dead. He went out jogging, and uh, he had a heart attack and died. He was survived by his wife, Kathy. His Oh, I, I missed this the first time I read it. He was survived by his fourth wife, Kathy. Frank was busy. Yeah, and he had five kids. John Lynn, Robin Craig, and Mitchell. Okay, um, okay. So that's why we never heard again of Frank Lieber. But you're right. He does a he's, – he's good. Yeah, I, I, I found this game, and Andy, I know you're going to link it. Uh, but if anybody out there – of course, it's going to be you know, leading up to, to the link to this podcast. But, yeah, you just Google Bears Redskins December 84. Unfortunately, you can't really find a whole game. You can find whole games for so many other games. This one just um, uh, isn't one of them. So it's only a 20-minute thing, but it's condensed. So the good thing is you get to see most of the game, and you can capture it, and we're going to walk ourselves through it. Um, the bad thing is there, there are no replays, and there are some really significant, iconic, memorable plays that – Boom, it's over and it moves on to the next play. And, you know, we, we'll stop and talk about it, obviously. Um, and then the other thing I just wanted to add before we get started, I didn't know it was Dick Vermeil um, doing color till you just told me before we logged on. I thought it was Tom Brookshire, who was sort of the number one color guy until uh, John Madden uh, pushed him aside. But Vermeil, it was kind of in, Vermeil had an interesting career because he was a young up and coming coach. Took over the Eagles in the seventies. Took them to the, uh, you know, got them into um, um, Super Bowl fifteen after the nineteen eighty season where they got thrashed. They knocked out the Bears in their previous playoff appearance, previous to this game in seventy nine. It was the Eagles' first playoff win uh, since the nineteen sixty championship game over Vince Lombardi and the Packers. Um, Vermeil burned out though, and but there's a little bit of an analogy with Madden because the thing with John Madden was Madden was a very iconic coach, very successful coach, even though he only went to one Super Bowl. <clears throat> he won a hundred games in 10 years. It was a very competitive conference with Miami and Pittsburgh, but Madden um, stepped down as the Raiders coach and went into broadcasting <clears throat> and he became a bright star. And people were wondering, when's Madden going to go back to coaching? When's Madden going to go back to coaching? Well, part of the deal was that John Madden uh, had a fear of flying. And so I think the travel uh, from week to week for NFL teams was a little bit too emotionally taxing for him. And that's why you have the Madden Cruiser. And before the Madden Cruiser, before he was wealthy, he would take trains between cities. Um, and he turned out to like have a whole second career and a third career as a sort of um, a groundbreaking color analyst because he was he had personality that nobody had ever seen before. And then, of course, he became his own one-man media empire at the video game. I mean, it's taken off for me. It was kind of on a similar track. He, he was a young man when he stopped coaching, he had burned out and he, you know, supposedly was sleeping in his office till four in the morning, you know, all hours of the night. And, uh, and he was gone for a while too. And he was in the broadcasting booth. So it was like a similar track. And then almost mystifyingly when he was an old man, pretty much for came down from the broadcast booth to coach the, um, 
St. Louis Rams in 1997. And uh, interestingly enough, they had a couple of lousy seasons, and then all of a sudden they won the Super Bowl. So Vermeil, it's kind of an interesting career. He was a young coach, kind of annoying, kind of a weird, emotional, crying weirdo, uh, high strung, and that's what kind of drove him out. And then he became, uh, you know, one of the top football analysts for almost 20 years and then he went back to coaching and finally won a Super Bowl. So I just kind of find that uh, worth noting. Uh but yeah, he was so he was the color guy uh in this game. So when you when you click on it cuz there's no real introduction. You don't really there's no part where you see these guys, you know, um holding their mics before the game. And if it wasn't for you filling me in, Andy, I would not have had it. I never knew who Frank Lieber was, and I I thought it was now, Tom Brooks. Now, you, now know. you know more than you need to know. Um, I do. Another parallel, interesting parallel between Madden and Vermeil is that when Dick retired the second time, very similar to Madden, he had developed a fear of uh, steamboats. And Georgia Frontier was insisting that they take a steamboat whenever they went to play the Saints. Um, and so uh, poor Dick had to, had to retire because of the steamboat phobia. <laughs> That's a shame. That's a shame. I don't well, think uh, so. The uh, I don't. I, who knows? I, the Bears. I'm going to guess the Bears uh, won the toss and deferred. Could you defer 1984? You know, that's pretty automatic now. Nowadays, um, back then, I don't if know. You're the if the Bears, the though, you definitely want your defense for right. Because here's you're playing the with a backup. You're playing with what was Fuller? Was he even considered the back? Wasn't he the fifth quarterback they used that season? Well, he was a legit back. I mean, Fuller, he was the, the, the starting quarterback for the Chiefs for a couple of years Wait, in the late he's, 70s. He was better 80s. than 67-year-old Greg Landry? Uh, yes, that's I mean, right. You see him on the uh, sidelines with the white hair. It's like, come on. They uh-huh. had, do they yeah. have Grecian formula or whatever in well, 1984? At least we're We've spent a lot of time in the season, I think, rehashing 84, and we've come up with this before. Fuller, I think, and I don't know this, but he had to have been a midseason signing. He was a young quarterback. He was successful. He was a good pickup because the Bears didn't have anybody besides him. They had the rotting corpse of Bob Avellini. Yes. Um, they had Rusty Lish, who did, was so pissed by the end of that season that he had to throw um, Walter Payton under center. And, yeah, and they picked up Greg Landry just to get through the season. But that was after Fuller got hurt. Fuller had um, – Fuller had been somewhat effective. He was the quarterback, I want to say, in the 44-0 game against Dallas. Uh, you know, McMahon was done for the season. I'm sorry. Scratch that. I'm talking out of my ass. That, yeah, that was, the next, was the next year. Right. When, he was Fuller, the quarterback in that game. But, but he, I think he still was the quarterback. In 84, McMahon didn't play again after that incredibly brutal Bears-Raiders game. Um, yeah, I mean, where, that's McMahon. Talk about a wuss. He couldn't play with a with a lacerated spleen. Kidney. Oh, that's right. Lacerated kidney. That's <laughs> the game kidney. where – so he gets hit. And they get to the huddle, and he can't, he can't even call, he can't call the play because he can't talk. So Peyton calls the play. They get to the line. Peyton realizes he can't call out the signal. So Peyton, for the few plays that McMahon stayed in the game after he got hurt, Peyton was calling out the snap count or the signals behind wow. McMahon because Jim, because, uh, Jim couldn't do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was so. It's not that Jim wasn't again. tough. It's just that he wasn't durable. Sure. Right. So. I think they um, they picked up Landry when Fuller was injured just to get through the season. But they they, they but they they didn't have Fuller at the beginning of the year. But they realized you know this team might be something and you know would be screwed if we don't have a competent backup. So goodbye, Abellini. Did they have to um, make a trade for Grand, for Landry? Did they have to trade for wasn't he a Chicago Blitz? Right. I think they had a strike deal with Marv. Well, I know Al Allen was in Arizona. Marv Levy was the uh, the oh, they moved coach. by then. That's right. Because uh, yeah, they only they yeah, the one season. 
Because when you look at the bear line, it's the bear line we're used to, except there is no Tom Thayer. That's right. Because he's not there yet. He's he's so, an Arizona Kurt, Wrangler, yep. I think. Kurt, Kurt Becker was the guy that got bounced for Thayer, but he was pretty good. It was, it was a pretty good line already. Bortz, Becker, Hilgenberg, Well, this Colbert, is the game. There's an iconic NFL films thing of this era bears where Kurt Becker is menacingly pointing across the field at somebody. And it's from this game. Excellent. Yes. He's, okay. He's MFing somebody very clearly and he's pointing right at him. And they, the, the Sables must've loved that. Cause you, you see it, you recognize it as soon as you see it. And I it think I remember in this that. Game. But so, so the context for this game is, yeah, the Bears uh, win their first division, uh, really, in the modern era. There were, there were no divisions the last time they, they finished the regular season in first place, which was 63. Back then, you went straight to the championship game. They had two meager wild card appearances in 77 and 79, but they had not won a playoff game in 21 years, easily the longest drought in, in franchise history. Um, you know, Ditka was in his third year. The defense was kind of rounding the form. Singletary was in his third year. Otis was in his fourth year. Ham- uh, Hampton was in his fifth year. Uh, they picked up McMichael, um, and they, you know, the defense is really what put them on the map. They go, um, they go into RFK, and the Redskins were the 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 creme de la creme. They were the two-time uh, NFC defending NFC champion. They had gotten crushed in the Super Bowl the year before by the Raiders, which was the last AFC victory um, until we were out of college. Uh, for 14 years, but they won the Super Bowl the year before. And interestingly enough, um, they went to two more Super Bowls under Gibbs, but this was this game kind of marked the end of the Joe Theismann, uh, John Riggins um, era. But it's interesting because when I'm rewatching this, I get nostalgic. It all kind of comes back to me. And yeah, the Redskins were the cream, they were the class of the league. And um, so it's really kind of you know, thrilling to, to rewatch this game and see that uh, an upstart Bears team. There was no fluke about it either, as we'll as we'll go into in this game. Uh, but yeah, they go into like this sort of swaggering, arrogant Washington Redskins uh, stadium, RFK Stadium, with a bunch of grown ass men wearing pig snouts, and uh, they just had that that sort of deserved arrogance that we've had as Bulls fans and Hawks fans and Bears fans. You know, you kind of get that. So the Bears were looking at pretty long odds uh, coming into this game. And, um, you know, it it was a real watershed. It proved to be a real watershed moment. So Redskins, nine point favorites. Is that right? It's pretty big for that's just like Sunday, basically. Um, Well, I got to 11 and a half at one point. Um, Did it really? Yes, which Jesus. became very important when they didn't kick the extra. Yeah, I heard you and Mike talk about that. And the over-under, 38. So think about that. The Redskins, nine-point favorites, and the over-under was only 38. So I'm guessing Vegas didn't think the Bears were going to score very many points. And they were right to think so. Um, we'll see. They they did not exactly blaze a trail on yeah, offense. This is, a, they there's had, a, this is a very interesting game plan. That's for yeah. sure. They yeah. did not lag for creativity. Maybe common no. sense, but not creativity. No, and I will say this. We've always taken shots at Ditka. This is one of the best games he's coached, um, and we'll get into that. There were a few moments where one in particular, maybe I'm overrating it. We'll get to it, though. Um, but right. this was, you know, we'll, 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 we'll get into that. But right, the so game, uh, yeah, the, the Bears the Bears kick off, now, and they have – go ahead. I don't remember Dave Finzer. I do. He had a 71-yard punt that year. But was this the only year he punted for them? Yeah, yeah. I remember Bob uh, Parsons, I, and I remember yep. Maury Buford. I'm lost. Dave Finzer's lost to me. 
And when you see a few of his kicks late in the game, you can see I Uh did get cut in, I think, during the game. (laughs) Ditka ran Bob Parsons out. Um, Parsons was part of that old regime, right? That old sort of complacent bunch of guys like Noah Jackson that were sort of too comfortable, you know, talking to reporters and just being glib and not being good. And so I think Ditka really relished running Parsons out halfway through the 83 season. They brought in former Packer punter, I think Ray Stackowitz to finish the season. But yeah, they went and got this guy, Dave Finger. You know where Dave Finger went to college? And I'd never heard of this. Illinois University. No, the other Harvard of the Midwest, DePaul. Not oh, DePaul. DePaul. Of course. Yeah. Yes. Matt DePaul. It was, the first, DePaul. It, was the first, it was the first time I ever heard of DePaul. I was like, wait, DePaul, the blue team is, they don't have a football. Like, what's with the W at the end of that? Right. And um, I, I've since I've met, I, I know someone who graduated from DePaul and, and, you know, it's down there in Southern Indiana, Greencastle, I think. Uh, and apparently they have a football team, probably like division two or three or whatever, but that was uh, Dave Finzer's yeah. alma mater. Finzer punted at a correspondence college. Yes, oh, right. Whatever. But he did. He, he, he had a 71 yard punt uh, that year. I just remember it was like one of those ones where, you know, it's from his own end zone. It takes a fluky bounce. Right. He got I mean, sweatbands for, on, so he's ready. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right, you see so I that. suppose we got to yeah. tell people they can start now. Here we go. Right. So you start the game, and uh, uh, you know, so so Finzer Finzer kicks it off. Now, one thing that you'll notice is, so the the Redskins have the ball uh, to start the game, and it's almost like they don't miss a beat. Right. They are. Uh, they, they just move the ball. You know, well, they this run. Is a team. They they have Mike Nelms. We yeah. learn is the leading kick returner in the league. Time. They run a reverse to a linebacker, Monty yeah. Coleman. Yeah. Who gets it out almost to midfield. Yeah. Yeah. To opening kickoff. So Joe Gibbs already up to, you know, some tricks, but kind of, you know, once, once they get the ball, you know, they just move it. Yeah, you see like, Rigo, there's Rigo the, Monk for 12 and Riggins for great, 10. great receiver. Riggins was like, Riggins was sort of a journeyman running back that found the fountain of youth there in Washington. And he was awesome. I enjoyed watching Riggins, you know, when they're winning those Super Bowls. but they, you know, they convert a couple of third downs on this drive. They have a third and six, you know, and Theismann's out of the, uh, the shotgun. He dodges a, a sack by McMichael. And then he hits, um, uh, I think it's uh, forget the guy Muhammad maybe right at the marker, you know they're 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 they haven't missed a beat right yeah they got crushed in the Super Bowl but they uh, they have that sort of arrogance the first drive stalls though and then in comes the you know he's best known as the last quote unquote American style place just looks kicker wrong the it straight does. ahead <laughs> straight kick. ahead um, so yeah the Bears defense does hold right but you kind of get a taste of of like the you know the, the Redskins being the Redskins they move down the field on a good Bears defense yeah, Rich Mallott uh, molesting poor Steve Fuller there yep 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 they're the Hogettes there it is you got the, the snouts how got did that snouts. even I don't want to know how that started and Ditka's got the perm which is good always a good sign right this is early. This is early Ditka, right? So yeah, he's looking pretty reasonable. He's he's rocking the, uh, you know, the the, the, the kind of like the the Mister Rogers sweater over the. Uh, I, I thought earlier he had one of those classic Bears sweater. It's not a Mister Rogers. It's a pullover. But he's got a he's got a, a tie on underneath there. He's keeping it classy. The Bears don't do it. wearing a helmet and face mask that came with a box of cereal. That's right. <laughs> I think he bought that at Herman Sports. Uh, I enjoy right here now. Game. Now Joe goes to he kind of slides, but he doesn't. And Fensick just spears him. Like he doesn't. So that, no penalty, no nothing. He, so yeah, just right. nails him right in the back with his helmet. Is, but it's a third and twelve, right? Third and twelve. Theisman, who who's old? Theisman at this point, he's been in the league twelve years. He's in a, you know, back then that was really old for a quarterback. They didn't have as much conditioning. Uh, but yeah, he does slide, and 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 boy, I mean. 
Fensick was a missile, and, and he doesn't get the penalty. He may have gotten it today. Uh, Theismann gets sacked later by Dan Hampton on the same drive. Um, and, uh, you know, at that point, he, he makes uh, another first down right, conversion. Uh, They're moving again. Yeah, Art Monk stop on it here the sidelines. End of the first quarter. Stop it here for a second. So the, the Redskins had a fourth and one on the Bears' 40. Yep. Didn't even think twice about going for it. Because well, you remember, like, what do you Super care? Are going to give the ball to the Bear offense? What are they going to do? They're probably going to you're going to end up closer to the goal line if you if you don't make it. Yes, and no the, regard yes, for the, the Bears. The Bears hit Walter Payton, but so what? You, you key up on Payton, and there's no way that they should be able to beat you. But the other thing I'll say is, you might recall um, two years earlier in the Super Bowl against the Dolphins. Okay, um, in uh, in Super Bowl, I guess it'd be 17. Uh, they had a play at midfield, fourth and one. And they gave it to Riggins, who not only got the first down, you might this is one of the more iconic NFL films with like the slow motion and the classical music, where Riggins got the first down and then blew past the linebackers and ended up running all the way for a 50-yard touchdown. It was the longest, I believe it was the longest run in scrimmage in Super Bowl history, and then was immediately eclipsed when the Redskins defense was on the same field the next year when Marcus Allen uh, beat him. But that was a fourth and one. Riggins scores a touchdown. So I kind of had flashbacks. Here we are in the playoffs two years later. They get a fourth and one. They know what they do. You know, Bears defense or not, Riggins is a goddamn moose, and he's going to get the first down, and he does. And like you say, what's the risk? If somehow the Bears stop Riggins, you're going to give the ball back to the Bears' office. So at this point, they've moved the ball down twice. They've gotten a field goal. The Bears have not stopped them yet. The Bears petered out on offense, and the quarter ends and it's three to nothing. This sets the stage for probably one of the more iconic hits in Chicago Bears in a, history. I don't in know a history of, of competitive sports. I mean, if you want to fast forward, folks, just go to 254. Oh, no, here we go. They're going to watch it along with us. All right, so we get to right. We're right. going to start. Yeah. Okay. Start the second quarter. We're going to start your, start your thing again if you're following along. If you're not. Wait. And uh, it's not going to matter if you slow-mo and, and slow down. This is oh, this is not HDMI. Uh, or this is not, I'm sorry, HD. But just that hit. You could tell even from our antiquated footage. And I have to play it again because I just never get tired of it. All right. I'll um, put the, uh, there's a. There's a two-minute version that that shows Vermeer, shows uh, our buddy Frank Lieber and Vermeil calling it and then talking about it because there's a Vermeil is convinced this is incomplete because he doesn't. I am think watching it now. Washington right. has the ball long enough. When they slow it yep. down, actually, if you pause it for a few seconds, and, by the way, we, and then it's like, oh, he had, he had it for a few seconds. Right when we say Washington, we mean Joe Washington, uh, who is on the Washington Redskins. Who is you know, their I don't know backup running back or whatever catches the ball out of the backfield and um, yeah safety Todd Bell who was a, a, a pretty well regarded as a guy that could hit people it just just completely obliterates Washington but yeah Washington could not have had the ball for more than a second this is Otis picks up a fumble um yeah so but, the shotgun Joe's lined up next to Theismann. there's a little delay he blocks yep, he comes out yep. and Todd is just waiting for him. So oh. my, my my two questions based on like what we know in the 2020 NFL. Number one, was it helmet to helmet? And when you watch the other footage, that kind of breaks it down from a few different angles. No, it's not helmet to helmet. It's it's, it's like not. helmet to sternum. Yeah. Okay. Which okay. Makes it would it just as bad for poor Joe? Would it still be ruled targeting on today's game? Because he led with his head. Well, uh, yeah, it would be tar- they don't have targeting in the NFL, but um, it would be a personal foul because Todd hit him with his head. Yeah. Okay, so that's one. And then, like you say, number two is he couldn't have had the ball. I don't even know how they ruled that that was a reception um, because it's he caught the think. ball. He catches it okay, and he turns, okay. and right. then he gets it, hit. The, the, 
the real time he catches it right before he's hit. Brilliant buddy Ryan defense here. The guy who had to pick him up coming out of the backfield, Mike Hartenstein. Good old defensive end. So Theismann makes the the right read. He just doesn't realize that Todd Bell has not bought any of their other bullshit, and he's standing in the middle of the field ready to go. Good call. Yep, yep. So, and, you know, in Washington, Joe Washington looks like he's dead for a second. Yes, he's got, he clearly has, he's got the, you know, they talk about the concussion arms when a guy gets hit and he just kind of, he just sagged. That's what he's got. He's face down. In fact, they're on the longer version. They're like, ooh, they're very concerned he's not going to get up. And they're like, oh, they're helping him up. It's like, yeah, he's going to be, he's going to be eating dinner through a tube, but uh, he's up. (laughs) I'm now compelled to look it up. I'm wondering if Joe Washington even ever, did he even play after this game? Because he had, he was a veteran. He, you know, I remember having a football car with Joe Washington. He'd been around a while, not, you know, not terribly long, but he he was certainly not on there and Washington's subsequent Super Bowl team. So I don't know. So Uh, it was going to be a big gain into bear territory. So after the fumble, the bears end up with it on about, looks like on the 38, their own 38. And uh-huh. it's clearly a momentum changer because everybody can start it again. And we'll, yep. Peyton breaks a big run on first down. Yep. For another first down. And uh, yeah. And then of course, silky D Dennis McKinnon with a nice route gets under a decent pass by Fuller catches it inside the 20 bears are moving. You know, how dare you besmirch the Steve Fuller led, Bears. We're now in the red zone, folks. The, the grapefruit. Dexter Manley drops yep. Suey for a two-yard loss. Yep. So, yeah. Yeah. The and and there are some plays that are excised from here because after McKinnon's catch, they're at the 18, but now it's – and we don't know the downs. Well, and then they ran a weird – they sent Walter to run yep. around yep. Fuller, takes the handoff kind of behind him, and then Fuller tries to go up the sidelines. Walter throws it to him. It's incomplete. And but Walter was being rushed too. It could have been a disaster because he kind of threw the ball up blind. So they like end up instead with a Bob Thomas field goal to tie the game. Interestingly, though, that play that that sort of handoff to Peyton end around back to the quarterback worked against the Redskins the next year when McMahon was the quarterback. Greatest regular season game I was ever at when the Birds were down two, ten nothing, then one forty five to ten. Uh, same play. It worked a little bit more, you know, seamlessly there, and McMahon was a lot more open. But they, uh, it they didn't ran- work there. But Foreshadowed. A later they ran another too. one of the weird kind of circuitous handoff things, where Walter took the handoff going right and then immediately goes back to the left and actually fakes a pitch back to Fuller, yep. which yep. comes in handy later. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that is a weird play. It's out of the shotgun, it almost looked like a broken play. But yeah, the uh, was that on the same drive? Because yeah, no, that was a, that was a later drive. No, that's Thomas nice. Bears have gotten the ball back and then have already given it back to okay. the Redskins again. But yeah, so Thomas ties the game at three. All right, so the Bears are in there in spite of, like, you know, Washington at this point has only been stopped by the deadly helmet of Todd Bell. Yeah. Um, and then uh, you know, Musin Muhammad is playing for the Redskins. He caught a lot of passes. I didn't know he was that old. <laughs> he seems smaller than he must have been a kid. After uh, after the Thomas field goal, we don't know what happens. I'm assuming maybe the Bears hold the Redskins a three and out, but the Bears have the ball again, right? Uh, they're yep. moving again. Nice pass and to Calvin they, Thomas, and then Walter breaks Yeah, who's a rookie? R- rookie out of Illinois. Uh, yeah, and I saw the play that you're talking about now where Peyton kind of fakes a pitch back, and he gets the first down. God, it's so fun watching Peyton in these highlights because even then he's in his 10th season. He's so damn good. But, yeah, third and six, the Washington 40. This is a big play. And, uh, no, I'm sorry, that one gets knocked down. My bad, my bad. Um, the Thomas reception is later. So yeah, third I must six. have been a little bit ahead of you there. So I'm, That's all right. I'm, I've paused now. But third, third and six, the Bears end up stalling. Okay, even though they got down to the forty, um, and 
and, and Theismann scrambles like from his own end zone. And uh, and once again, I mean, you know, I got to give that idiot some credit. I mean, he, for his old age, he was, you know, not afraid to kind of run well, down the middle of the field. He's a former Canadian Football League punt returner. That's right. That's a good point. Yeah, I guess he was more mobile than I remember. It's, but yeah, when they have the ball at their own five, he drops back and then He's doing faces yoga some with Kathy Lee Crosby. It, it, right. Yeah, not Gifford, but Crosby. Right. Uh, but he scrambles from the five, and then he, he gets hit after he's tackled, and Richard Dent kind of falls on him. And I was actually stunned to see that Dent got a uh, personal foul because I didn't think they called those back then. Like, it'd be a penalty today. But I think in 1984, the, the penalty on Dent was probably considered a little bit uh, strict because it, uh, it was by no means egregious by 1984 standards. But anyway, gives the, uh, the Redskins some more room. They're moving the ball. Um, you know, they're moving the ball upfield. McMichael almost sacks Theismann, but again, Theismann fakes a pass and he scrambles. I mean, he's he's running uh, all day. In fact, at one point, Frank Lieber towards the end of the game says that Theismann actually, in spite of the fact that he runs a lot, has run more in this game than he has, you know, I forget exactly how he said it. Uh, but the Redskins are still kind of undeterred. They, they may have punted once, we didn't see it, but they're otherwise moving the ball. But this drive stalls and it goes back. The Bears have it. We're still in the first half. It's a three to three game. You know, Peyton busts one up the up the gut for five or six yards, um, and then uh, yeah, that was it. Yeah, Fuller was was pressured, and he kind of throws when he finds Thomas, who's a rookie running back out of Illinois. He was Walter's backup, and he makes a nice catch, gets the first down, keeps the drive alive. So you know, I remember watching this game and how how tense it was because you knew the Bears were kind of overmatched going in and. You know, as the t- game goes on, you start to feel a little bit better. Like they're hanging in there, right? Because you know, again, Washington was was the class of the league. Bears get inside the red zone uh, on this drive, and then Peyton takes a pitch and fakes a handoff, and then throws a touchdown pass to a wide open Pat Dunsmore. Well, anytime you can throw the ball to Pat Dunsmore, right? Yeah, you got right. I'm surprised. The, I mean, the Redskins didn't have him triple teamed. Yeah, it was a real. Real mistake by Richie Pettibone, defensive coordinator, longtime defensive coordinator of Washington. Yeah, Dunsmore is wide open. There's nobody within, literally nobody within 20 yards of him. Well, so and I Javon think Wims, he would have just dropped it. Vermeil points out that that touchdown, uh, at that point in his career, Walter Payton had nine career completions. And at this point, it's a 10-year career, although he didn't play a whole lot in 1975, his rookie year. But nine, uh, nine career completions, eight for touchdowns. Um, one thing that happened was that Ditka fell so in love as time grew on with Ditka, with uh, Peyton's ability to pass that that ratio, you know, grew some differentiation. But at that point, uh, he had eight touchdown passes and nine completions. Bears are up ten to three. Uh, we're feeling all right. Walter. There's Terry Schmidt, by the way. Sorry, I had to admit I had to do my Terry Schmidt sighting because I could not believe he was still on the Bears as late as 1984 and playing. Walter ended up with eleven completions for eight touchdowns, but. Uh... In his career, he missed. Yeah, he missed at least his last five passes in a row because he was zero for five his last two years. You're kidding? No, I could have. No, but he threw. I know he threw. Okay, all right. I'm gonna. Well, have to, what Vermeil was saying was well, right. Nine his first of nine completions. He had a fair amount of incompletions, but nine completions. Okay. He had eight touchdowns on the nine completions, and he okay. ended up with eight touchdowns on eleven completions for his career. Well, you know what? They're not counting this playoff game then. Because, like I said, he threw a touchdown to McMahon against the Redskins in 85. Oh, that's right. so, yeah, well, yeah, that's uh, its own little right. sad thing. That's right. That's right. Um, 
but yeah, so what you see too, and you see this in the regular season game in 85 also, is that the Redskins kind of move the ball early. And this happened a lot against that Bears. We talked about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers the first week of the 85 season. There were games where the Bears defense is almost like they just hadn't arrived yet. Uh, but then you slowly, if you slowly watch the game, you start to see the defense sort of, you know, wrap their hands around the game. So you're not seeing it yet. The Redskins, you know, yeah, they've had some drive stall. They've only scored three points, you know, but they're not getting their ass kicked like that defense was known to do to teams. They're still moving the ball somewhat well. They get a nice 30-yard completion to Clint Didier, who was actually a really good tight end, and he had had a really nice game in this game. Um, but at this point in his career, he was probably one of the top tight ends in football. He was a real red ass. He uh, was he. He was pissed off. He he wanted a uh, interference call on Duerson, I think, and the replay oh, showed he didn't get it. And then he gets a, uh, he gets tackled uh, down by the goal line and tries to get in a fight because he's pissed that somebody tackled him. You know, I'm watching. It's actually uh, L.A. Mike Richardson. I think he's complaining here because this is on this drive here in the second quarter. And it, that's what's funny about that. It makes me. You know, really loathe guys like this. There was nowhere close. It wasn't even close to a penalty. So when guys are lobbying for penalties that didn't even happen, that's weak. So, but he did have a nice game. Uh, and you're right, though. Yeah, I guess he was kind of a red ass. So there's a minute 30 left in the half. Washington has the ball uh, at the Bears 28. All right, they're trailing, uh, trailing by seven. And then this is when the defense starts to just, uh, you know, uh, you know, loosen it up. And I have to point out that at 6:42, you see a shot of Jim McMahon with his leather jacket on the sidelines, standing next to Ditka. Um, but the Redskins are getting pushed back. They got in a field goal range, and this is like the first time the defense really sort of showed their teeth. Thiesman basically gets sacked two plays in a row, and he just pushes them out of field goal range. Dent gets the second one. Hampton had the first one, and that's it. That's halftime. Well, the Dent um, one, he Richard literally just throws him on the ground. Uh huh. Which yeah, is, Dent did that a lot. That was one of the things I liked. About he did, Dent. and they were and they were they were starting to show their swagger in this game. So we're feeling pretty good. Yeah. All right, so it's ten three. Uh, we can pause here to take a break yep. here at the half. Um, yeah. So the uh, the the closest equivalent I always thought to Peyton, uh, the, you know, he's a poor man's Walter Peyton was another Hall of Famer. That's how good Walter Peyton was. Ladanian Tomlinson. I always Great thought they were. Back. I always thought they were similar, and one of the other things was Ladanian. I believe threw um, eight passes. He was much more efficient than Walter. I think Ladanian only threw like nine passes for eight touchdowns. Like he didn't even throw any completions. Wow! But he was wow. used. Um, his coaches used him in much the same way. Let me look this up real quick while we're. Yeah, but unlike. Um... Unlike Peyton, Thomason was more standard of all the oh, other great running backs where they just, they so just, you know. Walter was 11 for 34 for eight touchdowns. Ladanian Tomlinson in his career, eight for 12 with seven touchdowns. Wow. Yeah, it's getting it done. <laughs> but that, that's showing you those 34 attempts. That was like Ditka always going into like some crazy bag of tricks. Well, right? and some like, of it was him. He. He had the game where he actually played quarterback. Against the Packers. Right. That was one series, and he probably had about four or five yeah. uh, pass attempts. Uh, under, Like, literally under center, not on, not under some halfback option pass. Uh, yeah, 34 attempts. Well, he also played a long time, too. So, I mean, Tomlinson's career is shorter, like most running backs compared to Peyton. Uh, have shorter careers. So, going into this game, um, Daryl Green was already an all-world uh, cornerback and he was young he'd only been in the league a few years but he was considered one of the fastest guys in the league and he had a nice long career i think he played on all three i don't know if he was on that team as late as 1991 but he may have been on 
uh, all three Washington um, Super Bowl champions and all four Super Bowl, you know, appearance teams. Uh, and I'm pretty sure Daryl Green's a Hall of Famer. Oh yeah, don't quote, don't quote me on that. He is. And I remember going into the game, the Bears had Willie Galt, who, of course, if you know, if you follow the Bears, you're like, all right, it was fun to have Galt, but you know, nobody really considered him a true, you know, a, you know, elite wide out or wide receiver. Uh, just you know, as you considered Daryl Green a true great cornerback, which he was. Um, Galt had some great moments. You know, I'm not going to take anything away from Willie. Dennis McKinnon was more of a real receiver. He blocked and he made tough catches and he didn't just do it with the speed. Uh, but there was one moment here where Willie Galt gets to completely own um, Hall of Fame, future yeah, Hall we'll of Fame. Daryl, it happens pretty quick here in the second half. Yeah, I think Darryl it's the Green first, pl- first played play of the from, show, isn't it? Daryl played from 1983 to 2002. Jesus Christ, are you serious? Yep. He played. Wow. From, he was 23 as a rookie and 42 when he retired. Wow. I had no idea he played that long. He played on some lousy Redskins. Was he with the Redskins the whole time? Yep. Never played for anybody but the Washington He played on team. some lousy t- So he was a rookie in 82. So he, he actually was not on their 82. No, he was only that. in his second year. He's the same age as Galt. They were both rookies in 83. I didn't right. know that. So so Green only won two Super Bowls. He played in three. He was not on, in Super Bowl 17 when they beat the Dolphins. Um, so he's only in his second season. Galt's in his second season. But Green already Green already had a reputation as, a, as an excellent cornerback, whereas Galt was still kind of you know trying to find his way. So he was um, a real kick in the ass for uh... – Bear fans. Do you know how many kick returns or punt returns Daryl Green had for touchdowns in his career? Um, three. Well, in the regular season, he had none. Ever. So the never only one did, he ever had never, was in the playoffs against the Bears. Against the Bears. In 86, right? Seven, right? I think. Wasn't it was that the, didn't he have a broken rib when he did it, too? I believe that was part okay. of the deal. That, that's the only punt returner yeah, in his entire great. career. Yeah. I mean, he's a good punt returner, but he didn't have, uh, he had no regular season punt returns for touchdowns. And he picked a hell of a time to, to get one. Well, that, that makes this play more satisfying. It's the second play in this truncated video. Right, I don't so know if uh, it's necessarily, I don't know if it's so necessarily the second, no, it's, the, I, the second Right. Yeah, who knows if it's the second play of the half or not? They don't bother oh, the half. Kickoff, right? It was, but I remember in my memory, I remember it was early in the half because it was like, okay, the Bears are up ten to three. They got the ball, you know, um, you know, let's, you know, let's see what we well, can do. Say there and was a touchback, and so first down is a four yep, yard run Peyton. for Peyton. Yep. And then here it comes, and the best part of this, normal Willie, you know, he he breaks the tackle, and then he almost drops the ball. <laughs> he literally well, has to like he cast it. He literally it leaves his hands. He catches it at his knees again. But yeah, he he loses green immediately oh, yeah, after he yeah, catches yeah. it, I, I, and then he takes what? off. That's a, that's a good observation. I hadn't noticed that. What you know, and credit to he, you know, it was it was a decent pass by Fuller. I think Green was trying to jump it, um, and um, and actually, I, now I'm frozen here because uh, I stopped it at 7:22, and is that Michael McCaskey on the sidelines in the trench coat? Hey, God, I hope not. Hey. Uh, <laughs> So, hey but it wasn't like you would have thought that if if, if Willie Galt had a uh, eighty, you know, whatever it was, yeah, a he, seventy four yard touchdown, that he just ran a fly pad. Uh, he ran under. It was only like, it was just a, a down, look at Dunsmore all the way down the field. He blocks the guy at the five yard yeah. line. It was a down and out, and uh, and Galt had to he had to run basically uh, sixty five yards with the football. Let's see the trench coat guy. If he's flashing somebody, it's Mike McCaskey because we right, established right. last he, week that he was a uh, perp. Do, 
Yeah, I mean, do you think that asset was actually like on the sidelines that early in the second half? I, I well, I mean, granted, it was on the road. Would he have had a, uh, you know, would he have had a box? Would he, would, would he just We're be going to get a box shot right? later? I want you to tell me who the celebrity is. Okay. Yeah, when, when so the Bears are going to Bears are up sixteen to three now. All the momentum. Out comes Bob Thomas to kick the extra point. What's Bob yep. do? Bears are going to go up Dang. seventeen to three. But what happens? Yes. <laughs> No. Which becomes a huge part of the game. Then the point they don't get becomes this huge drama at the end. Uh huh. Yep. And so and this was uh, reason... this was the last win that uh, Bob Thomas would ever be a part of. With the Bears. this was the last game that Bob Thomas was in because the Bears drafted Kevin Butler. Uh, well, no, didn't he? I'm sure. I, they, oh, I'm sorry. He was in the they took Bob game. to San Francisco, didn't they? Or they they, they cut him, left him in DC. Yeah. Fuck it. We'll let Finzer <laughs> kick next week. But you know what? Didn't they? They got shut out. In, yeah, I'm sure Bob. Out? He kicked off once, and he was done. That's all he had to do the whole game. That's right. That's right. Uh, right. So you're right. He, he had very little activity left in his career, his Bears career at that point. Uh, all right. So there, I'm gonna roll there now. So there's Bob shanking the extra point. Unreal. So yeah, yeah, he was gone. This is Bob Thomas's last game. It was also, um, you know, it's funny, and we'll come back. It was Joe Theismann's last playoff game as it would be, I believe, Riggins. I don't think Riggins was still around in 86. He may have been. But Theismann, of course, had his uh, ankle snapped about two weeks after the Bears' regular season game in 85, never played again. So, okay, so uh, there's – Oh, I'm probably a little bit heavy. So, Didier – actually, a little context now that I see it. Didier catches a pass, runs up the sidelines, steps out of bounds. Singletary grabs him and body slams him. And then Didier goes after Mike, and that's when Vermeil goes, oh, he's trying to fight somebody. Well, yeah, I guess he kind of had a reason. Maybe he wasn't yeah, as big a red ass as I thought. A little slow on the uptake. Yeah, and the play that you're talking about right before, uh, if you replay it, yeah, that's a good play by Didier. Uh, it was Bell, Todd Bell, that flung him down. In oh, fact, that would have okay, totally, totally been a penalty today. Are you kidding me? Oh, my God, he was like out of bounds. Uh yeah, big third down. And Marac- it, I even made a note here. Todd Bell miraculously avoids a roughing. The only other thing I'm going to point about this play is, once again, uh, it starts uh, – it's a third down play, and it starts at the 40. And if you if you follow – uh, if you follow the 40 yard line to the sidelines, you go a little bit to your right. There's that guy in the trench coat, and I'm now obsessed. Like, is that Michael McCaskey? Or maybe it's a former player or a player that was injured or something like that. It's, but yeah, it was could be another. It was, yeah, it was another uh, another third down. I mean, it's, it turns out to be a pretty huge 25, 30-yard completion. But, yeah, I can't believe Todd Bell did not get a penalty on that. Maybe because the refs fucking couldn't stand Clint Didier because he was lobbying for probably. He's still pen- bitching. penalties. Screw you. Right. It, like, a body slam if Todd didn't. Right, because he's bitching over stuff that's not even legit. Okay. So yeah, the Redskins are kind of like, you know, they're up against it, right? 16 to three. And so they kind of wake up, not that they weren't trying before they look good in the first drive. Uh, and even though that I've, I've mentioned that the bears defense is showing their teeth, uh, the Redskins are kind of in desperation mode here, right? They, they're not used to getting knocked out this early in the playoffs. They got all the way down to the two yard line, uh, on this drive. And of course, at that point, when you get that close uh, to the end zone, you give it to Riggo the Pigo and he, you know, punches it in. So now we got a ball game, right? We're in the third quarter. It's 16 to 10. Uh, you know, sphincters are starting to tighten around Chicago. We don't have any past experience to hang our hat on. You know, we're in uncharted territory here. And it's kind of funny that basically the rest of the game is mostly the Bears just trying to hang on. I mean, they, they needed one more field goal by Thomas, but, well, you know, there's this, this long pass coming up from uh, Steve Fuller to Matt Suey. 
Yeah, a little shuttle pass. That was about 30, <laughs> 43 yards. Pass. He's about to get taken down. He threw it a foot, know. and he got 33 yards passing to Sui. Yeah, and then another nice run by Peyton. I never yeah, and then that's the one where um, some cheap bastard, I wrote him down. He's trying to, yeah, he's trying to list, grab but his He was ankle. trying to twist his ankle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who is that? I'm trying to see who that is. Yeah, Peyton's not having any of it. This is 72, 52, one of their linebackers. Yeah, whoever 52 was. I guess it didn't write down. Yeah. Yeah, the hell with him. So now the you know once again, Suey gets dropped for a six-yard loss. You know, Manley's in there. Manley was a good player, even though he was a goofball. Uh, they get a third down at the thirty-five. All right, so and, yeah, so I want to stop it right here because this okay this we talked about this was Ditka's best game. All right, so the third down at the thirty-five, they go deep to Dunsmore and they overthrow him. So now it's right. fourth and five from the thirty-five. They're at the Redskins 35. What do the Bears do? They oh, punt. Punt formation. From the 35. Bob, yeah, I know Bob, Bob Thomas, Thomas can't kick a field not, goal from could, there. He could not kick a 50-yarder. Go for it. going for it. No, no, but actually something even weirder happens now as they line up. So if you when we roll it. Oh, I remember. Yep. Finzer so gets nailed. Finzer gets hit, and the flag comes out. And actually, it's not. It's fourth and seven. I wrote it down because I went and looked. Yep. They rule it running into the kicker, but it's an automatic first down. So was yep. that the rule in 1984? Because nowadays it would have been a five-yarder. It would have been fourth and two. Correct. Nitka would have had to make a decision, but instead the Bears keep the ball, which is huge. It's funny. I made a reference to rewatching the Bears-Eagles playoff wildcard game from 79 when Dick Vermeil was the coach, and they also had a running into the kicker. This one was against the Bears on the uh, Philadelphia punters late in the game, and it kind of killed them. But um, – they called it running into the kicker, and it was like a fourth and nine, and they got a first down. So I don't remember that. I do. I, I think at some point around this time. It was maybe running into the kicker 10 yards, and then uh, roughing was 15, and then that would have made up the difference. But Vermeil actually says, oh, it's automatic first down. Or maybe the ref says automatic first down. Hold, hold on. Let me see what he said. Hold on. Running into the kicker. Five yards. Automatic first down. Yeah. yeah, that rule was changed sometime after that because yeah. it was just a five-yard penalty. Uh, I don't know why it was an automatic first down. Roughing the kicker, of course, is a personal foul. Automatic first down, 15 yards. punter. He's got his leg in the air. He's right, right. So anyway, Bears he, he keep was... the ball, and in typ- in a completely untypical Bear fashion, they make the Redskins pay. They do. A beautiful over-the-shoulder catch by McKinnon uh, from Fuller. Nice pass by Fuller. You know, we make fun of Fuller. Uh, he, you know, he only needed to make like a handful of important passes that he did. He made a lot of bad passes too, but this was a big one. I don't know what down it is. Cause again, this is 1984. They don't have a Fox box. Um, but, and the bears are getting pushed back cause they're already back to the, the 34 yard line here. And yeah, F- Fuller drops back and off his back foot, just lofts one. And McKinnon makes a really sweet over the shoulder catch. Now they're in the red zone. There's four twelve left in the third quarter. Bears are up by six, got a chance to go up two scores. Um, and, um, you know, they don't really go much further here. No, no, Fuller, Fuller, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, they got one more touchdown in them. My bad. This was it. Yeah, McKinnon, two touchdowns. Or McKinnon catches uh, catches his first touchdown. So then it might, why, why, it's 23 to 10 now. Why yes. didn't they go for two? Yes. Or 22 to 10. What? Why didn't they go for two? What year did the two-point conversion yeah, come to the not NFL? Not 1884. You couldn't go for two, so they couldn't. Right. So they kicked the extra point. Right. There was none of those none of those cards that coaches carry. There was none of that, not nearly as much talk about two scores, three scores, because you didn't really – there were a lot more, lot fewer variables, a lot fewer permutations. Um, 
Yeah, that's right. I'm sorry. That I, in my head, I, obviously, I knew the Bears finished with 23 points. I thought they, that 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 drive had stalled when I looked at it. But yeah, he gets McKinnon. Bears are up 13 points, two score game, and we're getting close to the fourth quarter. Oh, and Terry Schmidt is out for the game. We're told, by the way, at this point, I don't know how the Bears uh, were able to. It was able terrible to hold news. On. They had to instead put in uh, Leslie Frazier. Well, and, no, uh, it, no, no, Frazier was maybe like Dave Dewerson, which of course again would have been a blessing, right? Because Dewerson replaced Todd Bell the next year when Todd. Oh, Schmidt Schmidt's safety. <laughs> I always thought Schmidt had to play corner on this during like nickel. Oh, uh, you know what? Maybe Schmidt was a. Corner. I think they maybe... said Leslie came in. They did. Okay. You might be right. You might be right. You know what? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I Rams take Rams, it back. Oh, and we missed it. I, I miss, I'm sure people are like, when are we supposed to stop this thing? I don't know. We've right. completely lost control of it. But there's a good shot of bare immortal Mitch Crank running off, running, onto the, running off the field right in front of Ditka. And there's Crank 89 running at Ditka. And you can just see the look in Ditka's eyes. I can't believe they gave that motherfucker my number. That's just one of the best. <laughs> I'm sure he did that every time he looked at Mitch Crank. I uh, I need to apologize because somehow, uh, they uh, yeah Schmidt was out and Leslie Frazier put so in my mind I didn't know that Schmidt was a corner I just I just assumed yeah, I he was a safety nickel- because there hasn't been a white corner in the NFL for twenty five years well, from now right and he shouldn't have been so no, this that's is, why we hated him so this okay, great. So this nineteen eighty four I don't know if you remember this. Leslie Frazier made an interception that John Madden claimed was the greatest interception he'd ever seen. You remember it? I, can, I don't. What game was it? Bears at Green Bay. It's a slant uh, pass from Lynn Dickey, I believe it was Lynn Dickey, to John Jefferson. And uh-huh. I, when the play happens, Leslie catches it, and both Madden and some are all like, oh, that's got to be interference. And, and the refs throw the flag, and John Jefferson's jumping up and down, and the refs huddle together, and then they pick up the flag. They announced... Um, they announced that there's not a penalty. And Madden's like, oh, that's ridiculous. They showed the replay, and on it, Leslie is right behind Jefferson, jumps up in the air, reaches over in front of Jefferson, catches the ball, and pulls it back. And um, I think I can I think, I think I can actually find the video of this. I can put it in there, too. <clears throat> so Madden goes on and on about it. Later in the season, like th- two or three weeks later, the Bears are playing the Cowboys, and this person cuts the footage in. Yep. During that game, Madden and Summerall go back to it. They want to show it again. And they show and that's when Madden's calls it the greatest interception he's ever seen. It was an amazing wow. physical Wow. Yeah. Well, so here's my question. How the hell was Terry Schmidt the starting cornerback in the playoff game if they already had Leslie Frazier who was already doing things? That's Well, that, was, that seems like kind of a buddy thing. What I'd like to know. That's right. I can't he put that on this kind of a prick thing. about Guys didn't can, play for no reason, and then play. Yeah, for yeah, no yeah, yeah. And, yeah. Especially young guys, and he he wouldn't call them by name, call them by number. Okay, that you're right, you're right. Even though I'm sure Terry Schmidt drove Buddy up a goddamn wall, um, he wasn't gonna, I, I guess, yeah, cave into like you know pandering to any young players that in his mind might not have deserved it. So, right, anyway, so, that, so on the video, was right. on the video, where are you now? We're at ten fifty. Theismann's thrown back, and All he right. hits Muhammad over the middle. All right, all right, kids, you at home, you can sync your video up to. Yeah, here come the Redskins again. Again, yeah. I mean, this is the heart of a champion. Honestly, I say that with with with. Um, but who makes reverence. who makes a huge play? None other than Leslie Frazier. Leslie Frazier. That's We've the play. Muhammad's I'm dad. At. Kid makes a nice catch here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Takes one step. Leslie strips the ball. Fancy jumps on it. Bears get the ball. Man, this game is making me really appreciate less for just a lot of some of these old 
highlights. Frazier really was a pretty good cornerback. And Fetzik gets the uh, the fumble. But, of course, now the Bears, they have Peyton. You'd think they could run out the clock, but the Redskins can still key on him. They know they're not well, going to throw the ball. 157 in the third. They have a long yeah, way to nurse We got a 13-point <laughs> lead. We got to hold it off here. And then Steve Fuller fumbles the snap. Oh, terrific! Yeah, and he fumbles a snap in uh, in in Washington territory. Is the it not, or is that a little thirty-six bit, yeah. of the red, of third, the football team? On a third down play, third and three. Here we're getting towards the end. Yeah, he can't he can't recover the snap. Peyton fails to get on it, and uh, so the Redskins are given life. You know, the Bears had a chance to. Uh, the upstart Bears had a chance to really silence that crowd. They let them back in the game. It's starting to get dark out now. It's late. It's December thirtieth. Art Monk catches one, gets out of bounds. Redskins are on the move. You know they need to. You know they really need to play with a sense of urgency here. They're down two scores once again. Clint Didier yes, catches Didier. one. Yeah, down to yeah. down to the two yard line. So this is my, this is one of my favorite plays of the game. All right. Riggins Riggo again. And then watch how late Fensick hits him. So where Sean Gale learned it for later on when he would when he would do it right. in San Francisco, what a decade later or whatever it was. I don't know. That they call, it is a, it's kind of late, but you know he was he was starting to like hit. He start lean in as Riggins was crossing the goal line, and quite frankly, Riggins was such a beast. Uh, I you know I think. Well, Fensick, then we also uh, get a shot of Riggins taking oxygen. On the sideline. Oh, that's, what, what is the what's the altitude in DC that he needs oxygen? You know, Rigo was a party. Are you sure that's not nitrous? Are you sure that's not nitrous oxide? Yeah, it probably. Is. You know, we'll, so we'll John Riggins, right, right? Riggins was a bit of a rock and tour, and one of the more famous off the field stories about Riggins was that he was invited to some um, uh, high class shindig in the you know in the in the you know in the Beltway, right, with all the Washington politicos. And Sandra Day O'Connor, the first woman, uh, the first woman uh, Supreme Court justice, was there. And Riggins uh, supposedly—I don't know how the story got out, but it was—it came out around the time that it happened. And Riggins uh, had, had had been imbibing, and uh, apparently, kind of went up to Sandy, Sandra Day O'Connor and said, "Hey, what's going on, Sandy baby?" Sandy baby, everybody <laughs> called Sandra Day O'Connor Sandy baby. All right, so now are you to the part where Fuller just got sacked right in front of the goal line? Are you there? Yeah, because it seemed like... Okay, did you see the shot of the luxury box that immediately followed it? And who it is that's in the box? After the sack? Yeah. Okay, so Fuller gets sacked by Rich Mallott. Had three and a half sacks in the game. There's the luxury box. Who's in it? You're in D.C. Hold on, hold on. I still got to get there. My bad. All right. Wait, he got, he got, you're saying this is where Fuller gets sacked. Are we by watching the same of... video? Cause you always seem to be like, a, well, I paused it to make, to make a point. I mean, oh. I paused it to make a well, point. How, about supposed, how are all the rest of us following along? I'm supposed to know when you paused it. <laughs> Sorry. I'll put in a sound effect. All right. I'd like to apologize uh, for, to everyone else. Okay. Um, I don't, you're saying that Fuller got sacked inside. Like well, in his own if you haven't seen line? it yet in the next, sometime in the next 15 minutes. You're gonna okay. it's, it's, you're gonna catch up, and you're gonna see him get sacked right in front of the goal line by Rich Mallott, the All Pro. Okay, I'm looking. I'm looking. See, you're talking about like shortly after Riggins is sucking the oxygen, right? Well, it's we're no the Bears have to have the ball and give it up and get it back at about okay. 1521. That's where I am. Okay, I got it. I got it. All right, here we go. Oh wait, who is that? Is that? It looks like George Will. It's is George that- Will. Ah. You're in deep, and he's 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 panicked. George Will is panicked. The Bears are going to screw this up because now they're in their own end zone and they don't know what to do. 
Look below uh, George Will. Who oh. do you see? Oh, I got to go back. I got to get caught up um, in the moment because this is Ditka. Ditka's brilliant strategy is about to be unleashed here. This must be the ABC News box because uh, two people to the right of George Will is Ted Koppel, it looks like, uh, in the booth. Now, do we just assume... Is that Jack... Oh, shit. Now I screwed it up. No, Jack Kent Cook? I believe Jack Kent Cook there is in the... Where's his, uh, eight, where's his 18-year-old wife? Wait. Um, okay. And are we just assuming George Will is a Bears fan because he's a Cubs fan? Yes. I'm I got it. Okay. Even though he's a Beltway guy? Okay. Um, but this is oh, not... because he doesn't this, look... He's not... Everybody else is cheering. But he's oh, not. Yeah, true. there's Jack Kent Cook in the back. He's got the weird hat on. Got it. Got it. Yep. So, so but this couple. is not actually what leads to uh, Ditka's strategy. It seemed like there were a couple consecutive drives where the Bears Oh, they were spent back. a lot of time in the end zone then. Yes. Well, right, this is right. Fuller can't hear. So they stopped right. the this remember when they used to do this ridiculousness? They reset the play clock because he couldn't hear. Yeah. yeah oh, it doesn't matter. Maybe they called him. Now they got third and sixteen at the one. And they you know, and then did Walter just to the rescue. He gets out to the seven. So that the great But uh, this is where it's Dave this is, can punt. And this right. punt is is what gets him cut. Yeah. He punts well, it from the goal line. To the 41 edible. Yeah, I mean, come on, Dave. I know you're backed up. You may have a shorter <laughs> snap. Well, they say uh, on the broadcast that the uh, the ble- the seats are five yards behind the end line in that end zone. Yeah, and I remember they noticed that. And when I looked at it, like yeah, because right up your R- ass when you're back. RFK is uh, RFK was an old baseball stadium, so it's been kind of uh, converted. But I and I remember like the, the 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 tenseness of watching this game at the time when I was twelve, and like yeah, this is like all the Bears are just trying to fend them off. It felt like the whole second half, the ball was in the Bears uh, territory. So uh, yeah, Finzer punts it, and the and the Redskins are like automatically in field goal range, and. But then this is where the defense really starts to step it up. They get pushing him back. Thiesman's back at the 45. You know, he gets sacked. Now he gets sacked in his own territory. There's a flag that's probably a hold. So, again, the Bears' defense kind of neutralizes it. All right, so let's try it again. Uh, let's well, let's give the ball back to the Bears. Well, I, I guess I, I, yeah, once I, I don't know if it's three plays in a row. Actually, no. Thiesman escapes another sack and then almost gets picked off. By Otis. But then By look Otis. At the punt. Look at this freaking punt. I don't even know who the Redskins punter is. It might be Jeff Hayes. Yeah, and it gives the Redskins bounce lands, and they get the ball to seven. Let me see here. I'm going to rewind it. It lands at the five and bounces back, and they down it at the seven. It's a perfect punt. Yep. So yeah, there's perfect right Redskins back bounce. up again. Now, Fuller barely escapes a safety. Yep. Foreshadowing. And then, uh, again, they don't give us the down and distance every play. It's like Jeff Joniak was the producer for football uh, in the 1980s. Peyton takes a nice catch out of the bag. They actually get out from under their own end zone. But then on third and fourth or 14, Fuller takes a, what, eight-yard sack? That was very Mitch. Once again, Dave Finzer is having to punt right in front of his own goal post. Hey, look at at, uh, Steve Fuller try to avert. Oh, that's Rich Millat's third and a half three, sack. Three and a half sacks. I don't even remember Rich Millat. I remember he was still Manly. around in the '86 game because I just watched part of that. And he was okay, but this is where, and I remember when it happened as a kid. I'm like, what? But this is where you see Finzer. He's practically at the end of the goal line. Bears are winning um, 23 to 17, and I think Ditka fed up with you know Finzer's weak ass punts. Does something unconventional, but makes perfect sense. Well, Vermeil immediately says it's the it's the right call because you already you already couldn't get beat by a field goal. 
And even mm-hmm. after the safety can't be, they're going to have to score a touchdown either way. Yep. So why not? So they take yeah, the safety the, and they yeah. make it 23 to 19. That and now, now you get Dave Fencer gets to go out to the 20 and he could just let fun. that big 71 right. yard leg hunt. And yep. if you start the a free, video again, a free kick. Yeah. There's Dicka telling him, all right, kick the shit out of it. Yeah. Come on, right. buddy. I, I mean, it's a, it's a free kick. There's no pressure. You're, you know, the, yeah. uh, the crowd's not right behind you. You can put on a tee no, if you want. You can, nobody's, you could nobody's it rushing it. Yeah. yeah, and he goes at 15. What does it go? It goes because where, where do you kick from on a free kick? You the go the 20. So it doesn't even go 45 yards, no. which again, Vermeil immediately you know, says, Oh, that's not very. Oh, Vermeil, I think, it, credits him for kicking it high. <laughs> it's not very far, but it's high. That's, that doesn't matter, Dick. Maybe that was right. one it, of the punts. It's about field position. And then, he, you know, so if, again, the Redskins yeah. start the ball in Bears territory, which is kind of feels like how the whole fourth quarter kind of felt like. But then once again, so they get, you know, they're at the 45. Uh, and the defense now is just uh, Hampton with like a oh, almost a very nice hit by Mitch Crack though on the free kick run back. No, uh, terrific. Um, but like basically, almost it almost seems like every play now Thiesman is under pressure, like every play. Yeah, he, uh, but he's still he making completions. Throws an incompletion. Yep, yep. And then he makes a completion over the middle, but he's still being pressured, right? So, uh, and they have to go all the way down, you know. And again, you're watching this in real time. We're not convinced, you know, we, we, we like our defense, uh, but, you know, we've never, this is rarefied air. The Bears are winning a playoff game on the road in the fourth quarter. None of us have seen this, you know, except for our dads, right? Nobody, nobody, we've nev- never been this close to a playoff game victory. And we're playing the class of the NFC, but still, Theismann is just under pressure. Um, he can't get a good look. Henry Wachter is chasing him around, but he makes another completion. That's not Didier, though. There it is. Look at where maybe another tight end. They pick up some more footage. Um, the Bears have given up 336 yards in this game after having given up 241 uh, throughout the regular season. Nevertheless, the Redskins get down to the 24, but it's third and 10. And uh, on the third and 10 from, from the Bears 24, Theismann fakes a handoff. He's pressured again. Al Harris clobbers him. Yeah, Al Harris is fumble? Yeah, I know. It's an incomplete pass. So here comes that clown, Mark Mosley. Yeah, so it's a 41-yard it's a field goal. But um, Frank Gleber <laughs> says it's a 25-yard field goal, which makes it even worse when Mosley shanks it. Because I'm like, no, that wasn't a 25-yard field goal. It wasn't. He was kicking it from around the 25. The 24, right, the actually. ball was at the 25. How do you not broadcast football not know how to add 17 yards from the I believe, line of I'm sure the Frank being the consummate pro that he is probably just bespoke. Yes, I suppose so. Either way, 41 yards should have been makeable. It would have made the score, uh, what, uh, 23-20? Would have put him within a field goal. Yep. Um, no, I'm sorry, it's 23-19. It's kind of a meaningless field goal attempt, but at least I guess if you make it, you get the ball back, and then another field goal wins the game, right? Because right? it would have been 23-22 if he makes it. But he misses it, and... Um, and then the Bears actually, uh, I think, move the ball a little bit, right? Little bit. You know, they got the ball in the fourth quarter. Peyton, you know, picks up a couple uh, uh, couple carries, gets a first down the hard way. Uh, don't know how much time's left, but the Bears are moving the ball. It's third and seven uh, from the uh, from the Bears' own 36. They roll Fuller out, and, yeah, he doesn't really come close to completing one to Moorhead. They got a punt. But at this point, Finzer must have. We don't see Finzer's punt here. But the next time we see uh, some action, the Redskins have the ball inside their own 20. So, so yeah, Dave finally paid off with a big perhaps kick. Dave, perhaps Dave Finzer's last punt as a bear uh, actually 
to help grease the skids here. So, um, because at this point, I think by now, I don't remember what I was thinking as a kid, but I think now we're starting to savor it. Like, all right, you know, how are these fuckers going to go 80 yards now? I don't know how much time is left. It's getting dark out. It's the end of the game. And then Todd that's how Bell they told dropped. time back then, just by, by how dark it got. Right. It's getting dark. Right. Game must be almost over, guys. But Theisman throws one up, and Todd Bell completely drops it. Yeah, it There's nobody the, within 10 yards. So if you, if you can't Bell. see this, just think of Javon Wims from Sunday. Yep. That's what Todd Bell did. It may have been even easier. And then Dent gets a sack of Theisman. Um, they're feeling it, man. They're going for the kill. They can feel it. It's third and 13 at the Redskins zone 15. You know, we're, we're just about at the end here. Theisman drops back. He does a Matt Nagy throws one about six yards out. And it gets caught, but of course it's nowhere near a first down. So it's fourth and 10. They're still only at their own 18. They got to go for it on fourth down. And, uh, um, at this point, you know, we got, you know, Waxer in the game, throws one high, not even close. It's practically double, double covered, uh, Bell and whoever, you know, whoever else came over. That's okay, pretty so now, much it. Okay, so pause it here. Yep. Okay, so the Bears get the ball back with 22. Well, the Bears get the ball back. And then with 22 seconds to go, they have a fourth and eight. Where are they? They're at the... Uh, at the Redskins 18. They were at the 18. Pass. All right. So the score is 23 to 19. Yep. So if yep. you kick a field goal here and you make it, you go by a touchdown. Yep. Then the worst thing can happen to you if the Redskins pull off some fluky play is you go to yep. overtime. Yep, what does yep. Dick could do on fourth and eight? He's like, well, fuck it. I know Bob Thomas can't make a 35-yard field goal. We're going for yep. it. That's yep. the most yep. lunatic thing I've ever seen. Of course, had Thomas made the extra point earlier, Ditka would have probably gone for the field goal, right? Because that would have iced the game. I guess. But he's probably thinking, well. Well, and he's pissed. Yeah. He, doesn't think, he doesn't think Bob Thomas can make the field goal. He probably can't. But show some faith in your defense. Right? They've, been, they've been sicking on Thysman the whole second half. This is just weird. So they run the draw on fourth and eight. Yep. And they yep. get the first down. And they I'll ice the game, you. and everybody's excited. And the Redskins, yep. Dexter Manley hugs Walter and congratulates him. And yep. then everybody's walking out. Trenchcoat guy is Chet Kopic. I just saw him. Oh, good. And um, then it's like, oh, well, you know what? Like, we should. Pr-. I mean, the game's over. People are milling around the field. Let's bring the chains out. They bring the chains out. Oh, the Bears didn't get a first down. Let's get the Redskins Tur- have the ball with eight seconds left. Turnover on downs. Actually, I think they yeah. get back with 16 left. And then they run right? a play. And then the last one you see is a play with eight seconds to go. Oh, is that okay? Yeah, because it was yeah. It's, Actually, with one the, second to go, and it's at, Joey T the, going deep. He throws yeah, it all like, the way to the forty-five yard line, where I love, L.A. Yeah, Mike yeah. Richardson gets gets the interception. Then it's they get so, to celebrate for real. It's so satisfying that the Redskins' last chance was hoping to convert a ninety-four yard touchdown pass. <laughs> It was, it was just, it was just like, it was unprecedented, right? Uh, this was a few months after the Cubs shocked everybody by winning the division a year after the White Sox kind of shocked people by going to the playoffs. But until the early eighties, uh, Chicago was a wasteland for sports. The bears were nothing for two decades. The Cubs are nothing for four. The Sox were nothing for four decades. Um, Nobody could see the Blackhawks. They were a perennial playoff team, but so was 80% of the league, it seemed. The Bulls were nothing. Michael Jordan was like in his fourth month, so we didn't quite know what that was going to become. Uh, but they were absolutely horrendous for about three years before then with uh, you know Enos Watley and Wes Matthews and hmm. Dave Corzine. And it was the a wasteland. Is. Yeah. Dave so the perm. Yeah, right. Yeah, Hershey well. High's finest. But, you know, so the Sox in 83 kind of come out of the blue, and then the Cubs in 84 – 
but there was just something about that Bears team. And obviously it was the start of something big because the next year they, they tore through the league. But it was like it was really I, I think just to put it in context for like maybe fans that weren't around then and maybe grew up with like the Bulls and the Hawks and uh and the Cubs and you know, you see all of the success and how rare it was, um, and how special it was and what a relief it was. It was like everybody in my in my in, in our house just exhaling. And it was just so weird, you know, like holy shit, like we beat the Redskins and you know, over we're, we're a game away from the Super Bowl. And it's again, that's not unusual for us to feel that now we were a game away from the Super Bowl 10 years ago. And, uh, you know, a, a few times we were there in, you know, 2006 when we made it, but it was just, it was, it was uncharted territory. Uh, it was just thrilling. It was tense. It was exciting. Um, and it was sort of, un, it was really unprecedented and it was, you know, it was just a lot of fun. So it's fun to rewatch it again. All right, so some fun facts about about this game and the '84 Bears in general. Um, how many before this? How many playoff games do you think the Redskins had lost at RFK Stadium? Ooh, they should have lost to the freaking Lions in '83, the year uh, two, the year before. But Eddie Murray shanked the game winning okay. field goal. Yeah, the question um, wasn't how many should they have lost. The question was how many did they lose? Uh, well, they uh, were they playing in RFK in 1940 because they no. lost. Okay, all right. So none. Two? This none. was the that was first the first ever. The Bears were the first team to ever beat the Redskins at RFK in the playoffs. I did not know that. How about That's that? Great. Um Yes, yeah, so this was the first Bear division title in twenty one years. And that was back when they won what? Was that the Western division? Was that sixty three? Not the, even the, the Bears were not the even West. the not even the there was no central yet. Correct. Correct. Um, they started three and zero. And then McMahon got hurt, and so then they were three and two. Um, yep, yep. Including one of my favorite games, the Bob Avellini. The Bob Avellini game in Seattle game. Motherfucker. <laughs> Bob Avellini's last pass, which really kind of etched in stone your. In week your six, pass. the same day that the Cubs were uh, ruining our lives in San Diego, mm-hmm. Walter Payton broke Jim Brown's all time rushing record. Yep, Bears beat the How Saints. many rushing yards do you think Walter Payton had in 1984? He only played three seasons after that. Uh, he had at least 15, I want to say 1,500. 1,684 yards. Can you imagine that? The year that he you became know, the all-time leading rusher, he was still rushing for averaging more than 100 yards a game. That's pretty dangerous. Jesus. He was in his 10th season. Wow. Yeah, Jimmy Mann got hurt twice, including the, um, the what was it, the bruised spleen uh, or la- liver la- or whatever last, it was. Lacerated, lacerated kidney. Lacerated kidney, lacerated kidney. yes. yes. They started. They played five different quarterbacks plus Walter Payton. That was my favorite thing from if you watch the 1985 or 84 highlight film, which is called "Fight to the Finish." Pat Summerall narrates it, and he actually they made him say this, which I had to look up the stats. He said Chicago's high tech passing game was the perfect complement to their run what? game. The Bears' high tech passing game threw for 2,695 yards. <laughs> Through 14 touchdowns and 15 interceptions. That's high tech, apparently. I think Pat's been drinking still. Uh, Meanwhile, the Bears ran. Okay, so they, how about this? Here's how high tech they're, (laughs) this is is amazing. Their high tech passing game, 2,695 yards. Their rushing game, 2,974 yards. Wow. Peyton ran for almost 1,700 yards. Suey, 424. Calvin Thomas, 186. McMahon, 276. Even Rusty Lish ran for 121 yards. 
So yeah. Wow. Um, the Bears in back-to-back weeks. Uh, one game against the uh, Archie Manning and the uh, oh, Minnesota we never Vikings. Talked about, we never talked about this game, but I remember Manning got sacked, I'm going to say 11 times yes, at the end of his 11. career. Nobody remembers Manning being with the Vikings. But I remember like my dad just feeling – he never – remember, there's a rule in my house. You don't feel sorry for the opponents of the game. <laughs> we fucking felt sorry for Archie Manning. Archie got sacked 11 times. The next week was the Oakland game. They sacked Correct. Mark Wilson – Nine times yeah. in two weeks, <laughs> the Bears had twenty sacks. Den had four alone against Mark Wilson. Den had uh, seventeen and a half sacks on the season. He led the NFC. The Bears set an NFL record that year with seventy-two sacks. Um, I don't is know that still, still a record? I don't know. Okay, okay. On the video, Dan Hampton has this this immortal quote: "We rush the passer like you do when you have a headache." You take as much aspirin as you need to get the job done. Is that how aspirin works? I don't think it does, Dan. I don't think you just keep taking handfuls of it till your headache goes away because your blood thins out and you die. Lee Maloney's on a roll. <laughs> That's great. What a meatball quote. So the, the that uh, that video ends with, um, while offensive excitement is a new joy for Bear fans... The defense remains a proud constant in keeping with the team's proud past. I love the fact. I mean, that's, actually, that's a lot of yards, but uh, 3,000 yeah. of them are on the ground, not in the air. Right, right. 2,900 on the ground, 2,600 in the air. Yep. I, there can't be a team around today that gets more rushing yards and passing yards. Is that pot? Is, is that, that can't be a thing, right? Uh, I guess what now the Ravens might be the only. Wow, and I don't even. They, I'm sure they don't. Uh, well, and that's because they have a quarterback, right? That yeah, they have like an extra running back. Um, wow, well, that's a uh, high tech offense. Jesus, yeah, I Pat. That. I mean, I know that the poor. Like, can you imagine NFL films used to have to make a video about every single team? No matter I, I remember how terrible, of, and I used to yeah, watch them I, all. If they were on, I'm like, yeah. well, I'll watch this. Yep, yep. No, I remember in the mid '80s, I would watch uh, when they would come out. Uh, uh, I remember that 84 video because I think it started. Well, here you go. How about this? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, no, you're good. You're the good. 2020 Baltimore Ravens. Total passing yards, 2,919. Total rushing yards, 3,071. Okay. Also, also a playoff team. All right. So it's not that much of an anomaly. Well, it is an anomaly. I mean, I don't think anybody but Lamar pulls that off. Well, right. Well, and I want to say Peyton must may have had 100, uh, 1,500 yards even the next year, too. I think I, I referenced that before. It was, it was, oh, he did. He, he had 11 consecutive 100-yard games in that season. It was just – the nice thing for him was like a reward. He got those yards a lot easier than he got – like I think in 1977 when he was NFC Offensive Player of the Year or whatever, he got like 1,800 yards, kind of made a run in OJ's record. Uh, those were 1,800 hard yards. I think in 84 and 85, although – we just watched this Redskins game. He took a lot of hits still. Um, but it just, in my memory, it kind of felt like it was a little bit easier to get those yards later in his career. He had a good offensive line and, and all-around offense. Yeah, I mean, Walter's second to last season, 86, um, 1,333 yards. So he still had a good year. And then 87, they only played, he only played 12 games, but he well, also only averaged 3.7 yards carry. Yeah, Neil, they started putting Neil in, yeah. 
I mean, it's just an incredible career. 13 yeah, years. 77. He led the NFL in rushes, yards, touchdowns, yards per attempt, five and a half yards an attempt. Wow. Uh, yards per game, 132.3 and yards from scrimmage, 2,121. Okay. And then he led him in yards from scrimmage again the next season. He only led the NFL in rushing once, only in 77. No kidding. Yep. I'm going to say, yeah, Earl Campbell probably stole one from him Eric in 79 Dickerson. or 80. Dickerson in 84. Yeah, yeah I mean, you're right. He runs for six, 1,684 yards. And Dickerson and, beat him by 400. Right, Dickerson runs for 2,000 yards. So that's a yeah, tough. That, that was the year Dickerson broke OJ's record, 84, right? Yeah. There were a lot of good running backs back then, and they were a lot younger than Peyton, but he was every bit as good as they were. Well, nobody point. was, a, as the yard from scrimmage thing, nobody was a bigger point, par, bigger focal point of their team's offense than Walter. He went over right. 2,000 yards from scrimmage one, two, three, four times, 1,900 another time. Wow. Even his second to last season, 1,700 yards from scrimmage. I mean, that's a lot of yards. I do, And I think he went over 100 yards in this Redskins game. Might have been the first time yes. he did that in the and as we found game. out last if I know last week the bears don't have a lot of 100 yard playoff games because that's right thomas yeah. jones yeah. Ha- has the record it's only 132 yards and he, the record he broke was um shit i don't remember who it was it could have like i threw been, my hands away it could have been from Peyton. 1941 i remember that oh yeah uh george mcafee yeah george mcafee yes who used to work out at the ymca in the off season Half of them used to work at the YMCA. In the <laughs> That's right. McAfee held the rushing record. I'm not going to hold that against the Bears because we have a history of good running backs. It's the passing records that go back to the uh, second uh, FDR administration. Yeah, no, the Bears do have a. They may have. They may have the proudest history of running backs. In yeah, I think that's fair. That's fair. It was fun though watching Peyton. I'm surprised. Surprised George. George McCaskey didn't wax nostalgic about that during the press conference today. Ah, we might have sucked this year, but, you know, nobody's had more good running backs than us. That's right. I mean, we did have an attempt at Ryan Pace to deflect his, uh, his terrible evaluation of Mitch Trubisky by somehow talking about David Montgomery. So Montgomery, Montgomery made it over 1,000 yards, right? But yeah, 1,000 yards. Yeah, and 800 is, carries. Right. Well, and 1,000 yards is not that big of a deal in a 16 game schedule yeah, it's 67 yeah, yards yeah, a 67 game. yards a game I mean, come on yeah yeah so yeah 1600 though when you're uh you know freaking 33 years old yeah that's that's the stuff yeah 1070 for montgomery almost 2000 yards for his career 1959 in two seasons well there you go well that was fun yeah, it was, I it was a fun that. game to rewatch. I hadn't. There were parts of it I didn't remember. I, in my mind, Todd Bell did that to Joe uh, Washington like three times, but once was <laughs> enough. He did have a big that the the cheap shot on Didier was a nice play, and then he had another uh-huh. big hit. So he was all over. Of course, him and Al Harris would only play one more game in, over the next uh, what thirteen months. Yes, because they both of those uh, brainiacs held out and missed the Super Bowl season. And, and, and I don't think and got it, any extra money out of it. Well, no, and the Bears are better for it because Wilbur Marshall was an upgrade over um, Harris. Well, Harris I was think good that was I, – I think part of Al Harris's holdout was that, where they were like, buddy, you're not even going to start if you come back. And they're like, oh, of right. course I'm going to. I was like, well, no, you're not. Yeah. The the one that seemed they to hurt miss, was – They did miss Bell. 
Um, well, I thought so, but uh, co- oddly enough, Wilbur had an awesome year. He fit right in. Dorson was actually the one who went to the Pro Bowl, yeah. which uh, we were all like, wait, 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 really? Like, was he that good? But he obviously had to be good enough to go, even if it was an overrated selection. But I think most fans watched. But I mean, the, the luxury they had in 84 of being able to play Dorson, Fensick, and Bell on the at the same time against some teams. They obviously just didn't have. They had Sean Gabe right. instead, who's not as good a player as Todd Bell. Correct. Correct. So, but still, that's some pretty good depth. Uh, Dewerson was either a rookie in 84 or in his second season uh, in 84. And he did have a nice career, but yeah, he was the pro bowler in 85, but Wilbur was like the real, you knew Wilbur was definitely the real deal. Like he, Harris would probably lost his job, even if he hadn't held out. Uh, but it was kind of sad because then, you know, they, they, they both came back in 86 and then eventually they went with buddy Ryan. I think they both ended up in Philadelphia, um, but yeah, their, their careers basically stopped when they held out. Yeah. I mean, it's tough they, in football to sit out a whole season and, yeah. um, you know, and Le'Veon Bell he landed, oh, that's right. landed in a good spot. Now he's in Kansas city, but, uh, the whole jet thing didn't really work for him. Although he got a, True. You know, got a pretty nice paycheck. Yeah. And I guess if you're a running back, that's one year, you're not taking punishment, but you know, still not getting paid. So, yeah, so the, the last game for uh, Bears holder Brian Bashnagel. Yeah. How about that? How about wide receiver? You know, it makes it actually – doesn't it make more sense to have yeah. a wide receiver hold than your punter or your backup quarterback? You know, you know yeah. the reason they do it is because in practice, what the hell else do those guys have to do so they can practice holding when your wide receiver probably should be, you know, working out with the first team or whatever. But Bashnagel was the holder. So that was his last game. Uh, yeah. Yep. Was part Noah, of that old guard. Was Noah Jackson still around? No, that fat fuck was already gone. Somebody, I saw somebody on the sidelines that I thought, I didn't know they were still around in 84. I forget who it was. Well, I'm still blown away by Terry Schmidt being uh, yeah, not was, only on the right, it was the end starting. for poor Terry Schmidt. It was the end for uh, the great Dave Finzer and Bob Thomas. Yep. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, they drafted Butler. Um, yeah, there were some of those old guys that were like from those Bears teams when we first started watching that were still on that team. Avellini started a game that season. Um, sorry to trigger you, but yeah, he the, uh, after '84, it was like pretty much all those guys were pretty much gone. And you know, we always liked Bash Navy. He was a gritty receiver. Actually, when I watched that Eagles '79 playoff game, the wild card game, even though he 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 drew the bullshit illegal motion penalty on Walter Payton's 84 yard run. He had some nice catches in that game. Um, you know, but yeah, he was basically replaced by Ken Marjoram as the white wide out on the, on the bears. Yeah. Guys who, among others, guys who never came back, uh, Rusty Lish, Bob Avellini, Greg Landry. Well, he came back to be offensive coordinator. Coach. Uh, yep. Bash Nagel. Anthony Hutchinson. Anthony Hutchinson, running back, I think. Pat Dunsmore, Jay Salvi. Anthony Anthony Hutchinson would have been replaced by Thomas Sanders. I think we decided Brad Anderson was around. Yeah, 86. Brad, this shows you the extent of this podcast. 84 and 85. Brad Anderson's name had come up earlier in this podcast, earlier in this year, as a guy that caught a pass uh, in a game in, was it 84, I guess? I don't know. Yeah, I, no, he only I played, somehow, Yeah, eighty four and eighty five were the two years he played. I, I somehow remember that Brad Anderson wore number eighty six. Yep, he was good old number so. eighty six. Mitch Crank, I think that was it for Mitch Crank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah only done. played one season. <laughs> I don't know why I saw Crank uh, and I go like, ah, oh, that's Mitch Crank. Why would I know who what Mitch <laughs> Crank's name was? 
uh, former uh, Nebraska Husker. Only played one season in the NFL. Wow. So that was it for him. Um, Brian Cabral, did he stick around? Number, number 54. Yeah, not much longer. I, I remember Cabral. Erlacher's number. He um, played in one game in 85 and three in 86 for the Bears. Oh, so he was just injured, like Jeff Fisher. Yeah. Jeff Fisher was not in that game, so he must have been – because Fisher was like their punt returner, extraordinaire, yeah. backup, backup D-back. So he must have been – he was injured, obviously. That was when he started hanging around Buddy Ryan. But that – that he was technically on the team in 85, too. But Fisher was a rookie in 81. Um, and, you know, like I said, he returned punts. Well, Fisher, Sometimes played, he, Fisher played in all 16 games in 84. Unless he got hurt in the last game, we just didn't see him. Or maybe he played and he didn't do anything that, right. that oh, I can't imagine. He wasn't all over. <laughs> yeah, so Jeff Fisher, Donald Jordan. No no recollection. Uh, yeah, it was fun to see the great Tyrone Keys, Henry Wachter. Go number 88, go number 70. Oh, Jim Osborne. That's who I saw. And was, was he in the 84 Bears? Yes. Played in all 16 games. Didn't start, but he played in them all. Must have been on uh, special teams, maybe. Like, uh, like, Lining up for field goals and shit. And, of course, Terry Schmidt. Terry Schmidt had a huge year for the Bears. Um, played in all 16 games. He had an interception. Uh-huh. That was what he did. And, yeah, also yeah, they compelled. listed him at corner every season until 83, and then he's just not listed anymore, which I think he probably was shifting between, like, nickel and – I don't know how much okay. nickel they played back then. Maybe he's I, I, safety I, and corner. I just can't. I just. I have to rework my brain to know that Terry Schmidt was a corner. I just assumed he was a safety. I'm just so even in the '80s, so unaccustomed to seeing white cornerbacks. Well, yeah, if he's on the field that much, he had to be playing corner. Well, and I guess we know Frank, the great Frank Gleiber, and he can't doubt him, even though he can't measure a field goal. Said that Leslie was coming in for him because otherwise, there's quite a defense if you're playing somehow managing to play Fensick, Bell, Duerson, and Schmidt all at the same time. We got four safeties. They're just going to cover the whole field. So yeah, clearly Schmidt was playing corner. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. And He's probably the cross- reason that uh, Musin Muhammad Senior was open yeah. all the time. That's probably who he was. It's like the uh, well, he was the 1984 equivalent of um, of uh, either Duke Shelley or Nice Buster Screen, where the, the other, other team sees him immediately goes, "All right, I'm throwing to you because you'll be open. the other the other cornerback was L.A. Mike Richardson, who was always considered the weak link on you know even on the '85 team. Um, you know, yeah, he called himself L.A. Mike, and you know what Buddy Ryan's response to that was? Yeah, but I don't remember. L.A. stands for lazy ass. Lazy ass, yeah. Well, you know, buddy. Always a charmer. Yep. So then our beloved Bears would totter off to San Francisco with visions of the Super Bowl and they're dancing in their Hey, that game was only 6 nothing at halftime, and there was a rumor that if the Bears could pull it off, McMahon might be able to come back for the Super Bowl. And then I remember Dan Marino being interviewed at halftime of the Bears game, and the, the Dolphins had already vanquished Mark Malone and the Pittsburgh Steelers, and uh, they asked who he'd rather see, and he's like, well, my buddy Jimbo Covert's on the Bears, so I wouldn't mind seeing him. I'm like, oh, too bad. Wasn't meant to be. But the next year. The next year, everybody would pay. Yeah, that was. They had a rough passing day in San Francisco. 13 yeah. of 22 for 87 yards. Wow. 
That's like Mitch, right? Didn't he have Mitch have 99 yards on 10, 11 completions? Yep, until, you know, garbage, garbage time. Right, right, right. The last drive. for 99. Oh, see, we're not that far away. That's right. We're only one. All we need is the greatest defense of all time, and we <laughs> will be in good shape. Sign oh, Jeff Fisher returned two punts in that game. Actually, you know, we never saw – in. Did we in this entire game? Did we see a punt Washington return? Punt. We we saw the we one, saw the one where it it, it landed inside cough, cough the corner. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're probably kicking away from Jeff. Yeah, just yeah, like so, Dev, he was the Devin Hester of his time. So like, oh shit! Don't not, kick it to Fisher. Just angle it out of bounds. We're not going to mess so with that. That's he, our he only shot at scoring. <laughs> the Devin Hester. <laughs> so Fisher was not hurt. He was exclusively a punt return. That's why we didn't see him in that game because we didn't see any real punt returns. So I guess if you play back that awesome punt that bounced at the five and gave a Redskins bounce, yeah, you may see uh, you Jeff might Fisher see running out Fisher, of the way. Right, right, calling a fair catch or whatever, and getting out of the way. Uh. Yeah, interesting. So yeah, all right. Well, well, in good, the, good I, we were, I was wrong in the eighty in the eighty four NFC Championship game. Bob Thomas did attempt a field goal. It doesn't say how long, but he did not make it. So that was his last kick for the Bears. Okay, and he would have only kicked off once. So he didn't spend a lot of time on the field. I'm sure he spent a lot of no. time. He's wearing. He made Bashnagel hold. They were wearing out that net, getting ready, and then he didn't. <laughs> So Thomas got two two extra points, missed a third, no field goals, and then started making his plans to become an Illinois Supreme yeah, Court. Started uh, all right, sending his robe order. Yeah. All right, well that was fun. So there you go. So for you folks at home who tried to keep up, I can't imagine <laughs> hey, we're what new that at, was like. But still, we're, we're new at this. Just take our word for it. Well, I'm There's sure when, when when Marquee picks us up and we turn this into the TV show, then we just show the game and we can pause it ourselves and go, all right. And then you, know, you and me and Cole Wright and Ryan Dempster breaking down all these games. Uh, yeah, not enough, not, not enough beer in Milwaukee. <laughs> but hey. All right. Well, I have no idea what we're doing next week, but uh, there's, there's, lots, there's still shit to remember. So I'm hey, I'm remember. down. You want to pick? Yeah, I'm happy. I'm happy to crack my brain open. We can figure something out. As long as people still listen. All right. Well, everybody, then so, tune in next week to find out what, what the hell it is that we're actually going to do. Right. That works. Well, thanks, Mike. Thanks, Andy. Tuesday, ESPN Slams and Jams has television's hottest bumps and grinds. AWA Wrestling's cooking up a night of shake and break delights. Our master chefs are a little touchy, so handle with care. Nobody tells me what to do, boy! Then the T-Birds want the Outlaws to come out and play. It's a roller derby free-for-all, and there better be a doctor in the house. Next, you're on a collision course for demolition derby thrills as the hits keep on coming. All Tuesday on ESPN. In the Bears' fight to the finish, the opening round of the playoffs would be their final bout. Unless they could score an upset victory over the reigning NFC champion Washington Redskins. Set. The Bears threatened and then proceeded to back their threats. Yo, 41! 
withstood the Redskins' best punches, then landed telling blows of its own. Dennison motion back toward the line, quick pitch to Walter, fakes the end of Walter's going to throw, man wide open, touchdown, Dennis Moore! backfield, back to throw, Fuller on second down, square out, has his man! Golf's 75-yard scoring pass from Steve Fuller put the Bears ahead 16-3 in the third quarter. But minutes later, the defense gave up a touchdown that tightened the game to 16-10, putting the pressure back on the Bear offense. Washington had never lost a playoff game at home. However, the 1984 Chicago Bears had little regard for the Redskins' sense of history. Offense had built a commanding lead, allowing the defense the opportunity to zero in on its favorite target. After flooring Joe Theismann seven times, the Bears sent the Redskin offense down for the count. Winds up, throws another high lob down the near right side, and it's intercepted. It's intercepted by Mike Richardson. The game is over, and the Bears have upset the Washington Redskins. Chicago's 23-19 victory was its first playoff win since 1963. The Bears had once again risen to the heights of their proud past lifted by a group of men who had proved to be both earth shakers and record breakers. It had been a storybook tale of a team effort, and yet a few individuals had the opportunity to write their own personal chapter. the Chicago Bears' finest season in 21 years. They had become champions by igniting their competitive fires with the indomitable will to fight to the finish. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation. Many of us have herpes. 